the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You're just not willing to come to me and receive the eternal life that I'm offering. And you know why they weren't willing to come to Jesus and receive him and receive life from him? They weren't willing to come to Jesus because they didn't like how he did things. You know why people don't come to Jesus today? They don't like how he does things. They don't like that Jesus is the Savior that God has provided. For those that clung to their religion, Jesus was an unwelcome disruptor. Their ability to keep the law had become their Savior. They didn't want a Savior that revealed their weakness. Many of us today have the same mindset. We want to be good people. We want God to accept us because of what we do. As Pastor Dan will remind us in today's message, while God does love us, He can't accept our sin. But because of His love, He sent Christ to redeem us and remove the stain of that sin. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. The eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then, when God comes, the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing, the mute shall speak. Isaiah prophesies and says, God will come. And when God comes, you'll know, because the eyes of the blind will be opened, the deaf will hear, the mute will speak, the lame will walk. That's when you'll know that God has come. And all these things are happening. All these things are happening by the thousands all throughout Israel. And these religious leaders, they've they've got, you know, they've got a crisis on their hands. There's even one point, I think it's in Matthew's gospel, where Jesus works a miracle and the people ask the religious leaders, isn't this the son of David? Right? Because you told us in Isaiah that when this Messiah comes, he's going to do all these things. This guy's doing all these things. Isn't he the son of David? And what do they do at that point? The religious leaders say, no, he's doing this by the power of Satan. And that's when Jesus teaches the religious leaders, says to the religious leaders, and he warns them about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Right? Which, what's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? The truth has been revealed to you, and you just deny it. Right? And that's what the religious leaders are in danger of doing. So there's all kinds of evidence. All the works are happening. It's undeniable. Go back to chapter 3. Go back to chapter 3, verse 1. This is when Nicodemus comes to Jesus. 
And in verse 1, we're told that Nicodemus was a Pharisee and a ruler of the Jews. He's one of the religious leaders. And Nicodemus says in verse 2, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, look what it says, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus said, we know that you have come from God. He doesn't say, I know. He says, we know. The religious leaders, we know that you have come from God. How did they know? Because of the signs. Because of the miracles Jesus did. They knew no one can do all of these miracles unless God is with him. And so Jesus calls the works to the witness stand that show and testify that Jesus is from God. The third witness that Jesus calls is the Father himself. The Father himself in verse 37. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. Now when did the Father testify of Jesus? If you remember at the baptism of Jesus, the Father spoke audibly from heaven and said, this is my beloved Son and whom I'm well pleased. So the Father declared that Jesus is the Son, is his Son. And again, this isn't something for them that happened thousands of years ago, that there's no way to really verify whether it happened or not. The baptism of Jesus happened like a year ago for them. And there were many eyewitnesses there that heard the voice of God speak from heaven and testify that Jesus is the Son of God. All those witnesses are still around, still available. So there's the testimony of the Father. The fourth witness that Jesus calls are the Scriptures. The Scriptures. Verse 39, you search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me, you know, the Jews, uh, they, they searched the scriptures, they studied the scriptures, they memorized the scriptures. Uh, some of the rabbis memorized the entire Old Testament and could recite it word for word. They knew the scriptures. Uh, they thought that they had eternal life by their works, by studying the scriptures and memorizing the scriptures, that that would give them favor with God. But Jesus says in verse 39, that all the scriptures testify of him. They all testify of him. And the scriptures Jesus spoke of here are, the, are what we would call the Old Testament. The New Testament wasn't written at this point. So Jesus is saying, all of the Old Testament speaks of me. It all testifies of me. And if you remember the story after the resurrection, uh, the two guys on the road to Emmaus that Jesus met up with, They didn't realize that it was Jesus and Jesus was talking to them. And then Jesus said to them, ought not the the Christ to be crucified and suffer? And then it says in Luke 24, uh, I think verse 27, it says that Jesus beginning at Moses and the prophets showed them and the scriptures how the Christ should suffer. He began at Moses. He began at Genesis, you know, probably beginning with Genesis chapter three the promise of the seed to the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. And beginning at Moses and going all the way through the Old Testament, 
He did a Bible study with them, showing them all of the places in the scriptures that testify of Jesus Christ. All the prophecies, all the feasts, all the stories, all the ceremonies, they all point to Jesus. You know, Oliver Green in his commentary on the Gospel of John said, Jesus is the center, soul, heartbeat, and bloodstream of the entire Bible. And it's true. Read the Old Testament, and as you read it, look for Jesus in the Old Testament. Look for the testimony of Jesus in the pages of the Old Testament, because Jesus says all of the Old Testament testifies of him. Now, so we have these four witnesses that Jesus calls. There's the testimony of John the Baptist, the testimony of his works, the testimony of the Father, and the testimony of Scripture. These all testify that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. The religious leaders uh, rejected Jesus, not because of a lack of evidence, and not because uh, there was no qualified witnesses to testify to who he is. So then what's the reason? What's the real issue here? Well, in verse 40, we're going to move through this quickly, but in verse 40, um, you know, it's kind of like Jesus has said, okay, there's, you're, you're rejecting me uh, not because of a lack of evidence. That's clear. So in verse 40, it's like Jesus says, okay, let's be honest. Let's be honest about what your real issue is with me. Look at verse 40. He says, you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. That's the issue. You're just not willing. You're just not willing to come to me and receive the eternal life that I'm offering. And you know why they weren't willing to come to Jesus and receive him and receive life from him? They weren't willing to come to Jesus because they didn't like how he did things. You know why people don't come to Jesus today? They don't like how he does things. They don't like that Jesus is the Savior that God has provided. Instead of being thankful that God has provided a Savior at all for us, they don't like that one. And so they don't come to him. They don't receive him. People want, listen, people want a God that agrees with them on every point and a God who agrees with their morality, and a God who agrees with their views of right and wrong, and a God who allows them to do whatever they want to do, that's creating a God in your own image, which is idolatry. But that's really what people want. I want a God just like me, right? I want a God who loves me for who I am, who ha- who's happy with me, who likes me, who lets me do what I want to do. I want a God in my own image. That's idolatry. That's idolatry. And you just, you can't do that. You can't create a God in your own image. So Jesus is, first of all, the the real reason here, it has nothing to do with evidence or witnesses or what the Bible says or what God says. No, the issue is you you just don't want to come to me. You don't want to come to me. He goes on, he gives another reason, verse 41. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God and you, they do not receive Jesus because they do not have the love of God in them. If they had the love of the Father in them, they would love his Son, Jesus Christ. What they loved was themselves. They loved their life. They loved their lifestyle. They loved their position, their power, their honor, 
the prestige that they held uh, as priests in the community, they didn't really love God. They're religious, but really they loved themselves and the life that they had created for themselves. They were their own God. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Verse 43, he says, I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. And Jesus speaks prophetically here about the Antichrist. When he comes, they will receive and embrace uh, the Antichrist. He gives another reason in verse 44. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? They rejected Jesus because they were more concerned about receiving honor from people rather than honor from God. Jesus said of these religious leaders in Matthew 23, I'll just read it. Matthew 23, he said of them, all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad. They enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats at the synagogue, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called Rabbi, Rabbi. People see them on the street. Oh, Rabbi, Rabbi Dan. Hey, it's me, Sally, from church. You know me. They love that stuff. Jesus said they love the praises of men more than the praises of God. That's what they were living for. They were more concerned with what people thought about them and their reputation among people than their reputation in heaven. And listen to me. You, you, you can't... You, you can't live for both. You can't live for the praises of men and the praises of God at the same time. Those two, they're going in two opposite directions. You can't live for both. And, the, and there, are, there are Christians who, who, who try to live in both worlds, and you can't. You know, light and darkness can't dwell together. But there are Christians that try to do, they try to live in both worlds. And what happens when you try to live in both worlds, to do that, you've you got to keep those worlds separate. Right? You've you got you to keep the light in one place, and you've got to keep the darkness in one place. And you've got to have your, you know, your worldly friends and your Christian friends. And you don't ever want to get those two in the same room together. And you do your best to keep, keep my worldly friends in one place, and I've got to keep my Christian friends over here, and I've got the people I hang out with at church, and I've got the people I hang out with in the rest of the world. I've got to finesse it to keep those two apart because I don't want them to come together because then I'm going to be exposed for my hypocrisy if I bring those two in the same room together. And there are Christians that try to do that. You know, I remember my, my wife and I, when we were new believers, we got saved after we were married 
in our mid-20s. And that first Christmas, right after we were saved, kind of out of ignorance, we were doing that. We still had our worldly friends, and we had our church friends. We had our Christian friends, and we had a Christmas party. And we invited both. <laughs> and it was, it was such an awkward experience, I think, for everybody there, but especially for us. You know, and our worldly friends felt out of place, and our Christian friends felt out of place, and we felt out of place. And you just, you can't, you can't do it. You can't have, you can't be singing the praises of men and the praises of God at the same time. It just doesn't work. So again, he says in verse 44, How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? You're either going to be seeking honor from men or seeking honor from God, but you can't do both at the same time. Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? This fourth and final reason that Jesus gives as to why they don't believe in him or believe that he's the Son of God, he says here, It's because you don't believe Moses. And he says, Moses wrote about me. Moses wrote about Jesus, but they don't believe Moses. Now, when Jesus said this to the religious leaders, hey, you don't believe in Moses. You don't believe what Moses wrote. They would think, you're crazy. Of course we believe what Moses wrote. We're the priests. We're the experts on Moses. But Jesus says here, You don't believe what Moses wrote about me. I'll give you a couple examples. One of them is in Deuteronomy 18. If you want to turn there, we'll look at just three and then we'll finish up here. Verse 15. There's a prophecy through Moses. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. So there's this promise of a prophet that will come from Israel, who will be like Moses, who will lead the people of Israel out of their captivity, out of their slavery and bondage into freedom and liberty. And that prophet is Jesus, but they don't, they don't believe it's Jesus. Uh, go back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is a prayer called the Shema, which means to hear, to listen. This is a prayer that that Orthodox Jews pray every day. This is a prayer that Jesus probably prayed every day. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Remember, Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He quoted the Shema, this prayer that they pray every day to them. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And they pray this every day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But the the word here for uh, God, when it says the Lord our God, the word is Elohim, which is a plural noun. The word Lord, Adonai, is also used in the plural. And the word one that is used here is Echad, and it, it describes a compound unity, like it, when it describes a, a man and a woman, a husband and a wife becoming one flesh. 
They're one, but they're made up of two. And so here it's using a a plural noun for God. It's using a plural noun for Lord. And it's using this word one, which speaks of a compound unity, talking about God. And so here in Deuteronomy, it's speaking of the Godhead, the triune nature of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a compound one, compound unity. But they deny that. Even in, even in uh, Jewish commentaries today would deny that. that. That's what it's talking about. Uh, go one more. Genesis 1, verse 26. And look what it says. And this is the creation account. This is when God, you know, he creates the heavens and the earth. He creates the animals, the plant life and everything. And then now he creates man, the, the pinnacle of his creation. Verse 26. Then God said, let us, let us, plural, Make man in our, plural, in our image, according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and so on. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. God says, let us make man in our image. Again, you see the plurality of the Godhead in that statement. But the Jewish commentaries say that God is speaking to the angels. And that God asked the angels to help him to create man. And God didn't need any help making the heavens and the earth and the stars and the planets, all the animals, all the plants. Now he needs help from angels. All-powerful God needs help. Now this is the Godhead talking to himself. This is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit talking about creating man. And our image. See, Moses wrote about Jesus. Moses wrote about Jesus. But Jesus says, you don't believe Moses. What do they do? They just explain it away. Well, that's not, that's not God speaking within his Godhead. That, that's God speaking to angels. Right? And so that's why Jesus says, hey, you guys don't believe what Moses wrote. You explain it away. You see that today, right? You see that in our culture, especially with evolution and creation. People don't believe what Moses wrote. What did Moses write? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And it's, and it's very plain. You read it, and it's a, a night and a day was the first day. A night and a day was the second day. Night and a day. It, it's, it's giving you the parameters of how long it took to create on each of those days. It's a 24-hour day. But what do people say today? Christians say, well, it, it, it probably doesn't mean days, it probably means, you know, ages. And, and, and a day and a night, a night and a day, probably doesn't mean a night and a day. I've emailed this, this scientist one time who is a Christian, and I, kind of, I was asking him some questions about this. His answer was, maybe time was just different. Like, maybe, maybe time, like it was just longer back then than it is today. You don't believe what Moses wrote. And so here, just in closing... Moses wrote about Jesus, but they didn't believe Moses' writings. Jesus is God incarnate. He's the second person of the Godhead. He's God in the flesh, and he came to offer us life. And he offers us life, and we have to receive that life. We have to be willing to come to him and receive him as our Lord and Savior And when it comes right down to it, those religious leaders just weren't willing to come to him. 
Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith, to set aside personal agendas, and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes It's true.